right. There was an usher who was walking down the aisle before a movie, and the lights were out low, and, and uh, he was walking down the aisles of the movie theater during a movie one night, and he noticed a guy, he was stretched out across three seats, and, and uh, he said, listen, he said, buddy, you can't take up three seats. This is a popular movie. We're going to need these seats tonight, so do you mind getting up? And the guy didn't even respond. He just kind of grunted at him, and the usher again said, sir, would you mind sitting up? This is a popular movie tonight. We're going to need all of the seats. Can you please can you please move? And the guy didn't budge and just kind of grunted at him again. The usher said, sir, if you don't move, I'm going to have to go get the manager and uh, you're going to be, in, you know, you're going, you might be asked to leave. The guy didn't even move a muscle. A little bit later, the uh, manager came back with the usher and says, sir, if you don't move, we're going to call security and we're going to physically have you removed. And the guy just stayed there and didn't flinch. Manager said, sir, I don't know who you think you are to do this. Uh, but where are you from? And the guy said, the balcony. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I know that's bad, but see, sometimes things happen in the dark uh, and, and they can be dangerous. And if you don't have the light that you need, see, there is a purpose. We're talking today about what Jesus said in scripture uh, about who he was and what he came to do. You see, the people knew where he was from. They knew he was born in Bethlehem. They knew that he was from the area of Galilee and, 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 and had Nazareth ties, but they didn't realize where he was really from. They didn't really realize that he came from heaven as the son of God, as the Messiah to not only save us from our sins, but to show us a better way to live our lives. He came to to make sure that we knew that that this road to heaven, even though it's filled with its difficulties, we can have peace and we can have a fullness of life until we get to heaven, even though life is filled with all of these adversities and all of these difficult situations, Jesus, by making all of these different I am statements in scripture, not only revealed who he was, but also revealed to us a better way to live our lives. And last week we started a new sermon series that we're calling I am Jesus in his own words, which we're continuing today. And last week we talked about how Jesus said, I am the bread of life, right? Um, and, and we know that according to the, the scriptures that he had just finished feeding 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish, and the people were all excited about this, and they're like, man, this guy does amazing things, and, and they're, they're just saying, we need to follow this guy because not only is he a very good teacher, but he's also kind of like a, a uh, better than a government program, actually. He's providing all sorts of things for us, even food, and they didn't realize that he was from heaven, and he came not only to save us from our sins, but how to have this joy and this peace and this contentment in our lives. And so as we look at what Jesus is saying all throughout the book of John, we see these statements that, that, that share these deep truths about who he was and what it means to our faith. Jesus, in his own words, written down by those who were inspired by the Holy Spirit to, to, 
tell us what God has to say to us. And so, again, last week we talked about how Jesus is, is the bread of life. And right on the heels of that miraculous event, he says, listen, guys, I'm not here just to meet your physical needs. I'm not here just to meet your physical hunger. I'm not here just to meet your physical thirst. I'm here to meet your spiritual hunger and thirst as well. I am the bread of life. And then a few chapters later, just in chapter 8, Verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. How many of you have ever tried to navigate through a dark room? Absolutely no light at all. You ever tried to navigate through a dark room? How many of you have ever woken up in the middle of the night in maybe a strange hotel room and it's absolutely pitch black and you've got to go to the bathroom. And, and so you get up and you try to find your way through, an, 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 through the room in a strange room when it's, at, when it's pitch black and, and you can't find your way. It's a difficult thing to do. It's hard to find a bathroom in a dark room. It's not hard to find the leg of a desk with your toes in that situation, but it's, fine. it's hard to find a bathroom in a dark room like that, right? But if you have just a little bit of light, just a little bit of light in a really dark room, then it gives you enough to get where you need to go. Like, for instance, if, if maybe your curtains open just a little bit and the McDonald's sign is shining brightly enough into your hotel room, then you can see enough to get to the other side. If it's just a flicker of light in this dark room, you're going to be able to see. Jesus says, listen, I'm more than just a flicker I am the light of the world. Guys, that's huge. He isn't just this, this itty-bitty light that just lasts for a little while to help us here and there. He is the light of the world that helps illuminate every part of our lives. He's a beacon that if, if you allow him to shine in your life, if you allow the word of God to shine in your life, he's this beacon that touches every single corner of our lives. He guides us. He empowers us. He shows us the way to eternal life. As C.S. Lewis so eloquently put it, he said, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. And so as we look at Jesus, the light of the world, if we are looking at everything that this world has to offer to us and say to us, if we're looking at it through the lens of Jesus, it's going to be this light that illuminates everything for us. And so not only does Jesus and his life and his word shine on us, the Bible says it should shine through us and it lights our path as we're walking through this earth until we get to heaven. It's this light that is ever-present in our lives if we allow it to be, and then it is this ever-present light as we get into eternity. And so if you're taking notes this morning, this first thing I want you to understand, Jesus, when he said, I am the light of the world, Jesus, the light of the world guides us. This isn't just a metaphor. You know, this is something that is very practical this is something that if we put it into practice, it's life-altering. 
It, it has the power to guide us through every single thing in our life, every single decision, every single act that we make. It guides us through the darkness of this world. Would you agree with me that this world's a pretty dark place? Would you agree with me there's days when you wake up and you just don't really know what to do? You don't know which way to go? And Jesus is saying, I'm the light of the world. And if you just trust in me, I have the ability to illuminate your surroundings and help you see the path more clearly. Not only just the physical things, but the spiritual things too. When you have these difficulties, when you have these complexities of life, when you have these challenges of life, Jesus through his Holy Spirit living inside of us and through the Word of God, we have the ability to see things like we haven't seen before. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And so Jesus' light is guiding us through this life in this world that is so filled with deception, a world that's so filled with confusion. Would you agree with me that we're living in a more confusing time now maybe than we ever have, at least in our lifetime? In this world full of falsehood? Jesus said, I'm the light of the world that penetrates through that darkness, that gives you the ability to see so that you can navigate through the difficult times. And so he reveals these truths to us through his word and through wise counsel and through fellowship and through worship. And it's through his light. This is how we're able to discern right from wrong. This is how we're able to see truth from falsehood. This is how we're able to see a, a reality from illusion that Satan is trying to throw at us. He's the light that we live our lives by. His life, his teachings, these are models for us to follow. So don't take it lightly when Jesus says, I am the light of the world. For instance, he taught us to love our neighbors. He taught us to forgive those who do wrong to us. He taught us to seek justice, to show mercy, to walk humbly with our God. If we did this, can you imagine the change in our world if we started to just do these things? Forgive those people who've done us wrong. Seek justice for people who are being uh, wrongly treated. To show mercy, even sometimes to those people who might not deserve it or who we think might not deserve it. And if we follow his example, we can, we can navigate through this life a whole lot better off with more wisdom and with more grace. And we can show people that there's a better way. There's a better way. People out there are searching for a better way. And so his light is kind of like this, this compass that points us in a direction that, that maybe we wouldn't have thought to go before in our own human reasoning and our own human thinking. His word, his light. It points us in the right directions. It, help, it, it helps us to honor and, and, and make decisions for God. It helps us to benefit others. Have you ever thought, man, I just wish I, just wish I could be more of a blessing to other people and I just feel like I can't, I can't do this and I can't do that. Don't ever underestimate the light of Jesus shining in your life to other people and what that can mean to them. But here's what I see sometimes. I feel as though many people claim to be Christian, but yet they continually make wrong decisions. They refuse to live in the light. 
And then they make these series of wrong decisions and they miss out, what, miss out on what God has for them in this life. And then they turn around and they say, well, I'm a Christian. I can't believe I have to go through all of this stuff. And it's because they're not living in the light and they don't see what God has for them. They have this access to the light, but they choose to live in the darkness. Do you know people like that? Reminds me of a story about a confrontation between a young boy and his mother. The mother asked her son one time, said, young man, there, there were two cookies in the pantry this morning. May I ask what happened? I was saving those. There's two, there were two cookies, now there's only one. The boy didn't flinch and said, well, it must have been so dark in there, I couldn't see that there was another one in there. That's why there's only one. And see, living in sin... It, the Bible portrays living in sin as living in darkness, just like the boy who li- missed out on the other cookie. I think there are a lot of Christians who are missing out on the benefit of what God wants them to have in this life. And then they don't understand why they don't have the blessings that other people have. It's because too many Christians are choosing to continue to live in the darkness of their sin rather than follow the light of Jesus. For some reason, some people, they just choose the dark. And because of this, they get themselves weighed down with the crud of life. This is why the author of Hebrews wrote this, I think, in in chapter 12, verse 1. He said, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Get rid of the crud. Get rid of the darkness. Start running the race that God has called you to run. You know what? Yesterday, uh, Stacy and I went down and we watched Macy and, and Caitlin Taylor. They ran in the, uh, uh, the mini marathon yesterday at Mill Race. Did anybody else run in that? The Mill Race? On purpose? You did, yeah, you did that on purpose? You did the 5K? Okay. And so here's one thing I noticed. Even the ones that were running the 5K and the, and the mini and the full-blown marathon, not one runner did I see running the race with a big old backpack on. Or I didn't see them running carrying something they didn't need to carry. I did see some in some interesting outfits. But I didn't see anybody carrying anything unnecessarily weighing them down as they run. And Jesus is saying, guys, listen. Listen, you're carrying stuff you don't have to carry. That's why you're not running the race to the ability that you can run the race because you've got so much crud in your life, you need to bring it out into the light so that it can be exposed and you can get rid of it. And it's through this light, it's through the light of His Word, it's through the light of His Holy Spirit that we can discover and fulfill our God-given purpose. His light illuminates our path. It reveals the steps that we need to take or fulfill our calling. Just like the analogy in the dark hotel room where you find the leg of a desk or something with your toe. How many of you have ever gone through life and you just feel like you've, you've stubbed your toe on some things? You've gotten tripped up a little bit. You've done some things. He's like, ah, it's just not, I know, not right. See, as we continue to bring this stuff into the light, we discover what God has for us. We see the sin that's in our lives and, and that enables us to get away from it. The light of Jesus Christ provides us with comfort and hope. If you've ever been in a completely dark place, you ever been in a cave? 
down deep in a cave where it's just so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face. It's a little unnerving for me. Is anybody like me in that? I just like, I just, I'm, is this at the point in time where all the bats are going to come out and devour me? You know, I don't know. But all kinds of stupid things start going through my head when I'm in the darkness and I can't see. But as we bring the light of Jesus into our lives, then we can see a little more clearly. If I just had like a flashlight from my phone that I could turn on in that cave, then I, I'm more comfortable. I'm more at peace. I'm not so worried about what might happen. I think that's the way it is with Jesus. If we just have that light in our lives, we don't have to fear what might be out there. We all know that life is filled with challenges and trials. And those things cause us Sometimes to lose hope. And Jesus shines brightly. He said, guys, even in the darkest of times, if you turn to me, I can give you that comfort. I can give you that hope. I can give you that peace. I can give you that direction. No matter how dark your circumstances, there's always hope. There's always a way out. He's a light that guides us. He's a light that illuminates us. Last week I shared with you a story of how I thought maybe one day I was going to be a professional musician. <laughs> or I, even better, I thought I was going to be a professional bowler. Um, you know, um, I thought that's what I was going to be, one of those things. Neither one of those things came to fruition and it was only as I completely surrendered my life over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, not as just my ticket to heaven, but being the Lord of my life and surrendering my will to His will, some things started to snap into focus. The light of Jesus became evident so that I could see what His clear plan was for my life. He didn't want me being a professional bowler. He didn't want me being a professional musician. He created me for something else. The light came on when I gave my life to Christ. When I stopped chasing after those things that I wanted. When I started surrendering every single day my life to what He wanted for my life instead of what I wanted. That's when the light came on. That's when things started to snap into focus. And when your life snaps into focus like that, and there's no power in your life that's like it, right? You're able to see what more clearly what His will is, is for your life. You have this presence in your life. You have this peace in your life that this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. And it gives you power. It gives you power to live your life for Jesus in a way that you've never had before. And that's the second thing. If you're taking notes, Jesus, the light of the world, empowers us. The, the light of Jesus is a powerful thing. There's no other way to say it. His power is not just this physical illumination, but it's a spiritual one. And it has the ability, like nothing else, to transform our hearts, to transform our very lives. It's a power that transcends the natural world. And it reaches into the very soul of every single believer. And I don't know if you've experienced that power yet in your life, but I hope that you do. Right? Because it's incredible 
when you do experience it, Colossians 1, 13 and 14, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who is the light, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. You just turn your eyes upon Jesus as we sang a moment ago. Look full in his wonderful face. The things of earth are going to grow real dim in the light of his glory and grace. I love that song. Another great song that I love. Uh, I've heard Caleb sing this before. It's in Christ. I should have had you sing it today. Uh, it's, it, it's The Lighthouse. Have you heard that song? Um, and, and it's basically about how Jesus is a lighthouse that guides these ships safely through the dangerous waters, through the rocky shores. Jesus is that lighthouse that gets us through the rough seas, helps us to navigate through our trials, through our tribulations, through our uncertainties. It provides clarity where there's confusion, direction where there's aimlessness, hope where there's hopelessness and despair. It's a beacon that constantly just points to God. Jesus, his light is powerful and it has the ability to transform us. It has the ability to change us from the inside out. Has, has anybody ever just had days where you thought, I'm sick of being like, I'm, like I am? Where you just had those days where it's like, I'm just, not, I'm just not cutting, I'm just not getting it done. Jesus has the ability to change you from the inside out. When we allow Jesus, the light of the world, to shine in our lives, again, it exposes the areas that need to be exposed. It exposes our sin. It exposes our weaknesses. It exposes our shortcomings. And it doesn't leave us in a state of condemnation. Like, well, I'm afraid to let the light of Jesus shine because I don't like what might be seen. Well, Jesus, Jesus came to save you from that. He didn't come to condemn you of that. He came to save you from that. And when we allow the light of Jesus to shine in our lives, when we say, all right, Jesus, take a good look at me, it's then that our sin is exposed and then we can understand we need to repent. We need to be forgiven. And that ultimately leads to the transformation in our lives that needs to happen. It turns the heart of stone that we had in the past into a heart of flesh. It turns our self-centeredness into a life of Christ-centeredness. Jesus said, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Did you catch that? Whoever follows me. Not whoever just prays this prayer or puts their name on a church membership role. He says, whoever follows me. It's an every single day kind of thing. If you follow him, you will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life, and that brings life to the fullest since Jesus said, I have come that you, have, that you might have life to the fullest. If you want to know what your purpose in life is, you want to know why you're here, you want to know why God placed you here in the first place, that's how it starts, Right? It's a light that conquers death and promises eternal life. Uh, John Stott, who is a renowned theologian, said this uh, one time, the Christ of the Bible is not a Christ of our own making. And that's what we want to do, right? We want to say, well, this is the Jesus I believe in. 
Jesus, that's why we're looking at these I am statements so that we can understand who the Jesus of the Bible is. The Christ of the Bible is not a Christ of our own making. He's not a Christ who will always conform to our expectations. But he's a Christ who in the end will satisfy our deepest needs and fulfill our deepest desires. I think that's, that quote does an incredible job of describing the power that is in the light of Jesus Christ. It might not always align with our expectations. You ever read scripture and say, man, I wish that wasn't in there. The Christ of Scripture does not change. And it doesn't matter what we think about it. He didn't come to meet our expectations, right? He came to be the light, to transform us, to guide us, to give us light. And if we trust in Him, then He says, I promise you, not only will you have life and light here in this world, but you'll have it for all of eternity. That's the beautiful thing. Jesus, the light of the world, promises eternal life. That's one of the most profound aspects of following Jesus. It's not just for the here and now. It's for all of eternity. It's for quality of life down here for sure, but it's also for the rest of forever. And we have a hard time wrapping our minds around that because we can't even fathom what forever is because we're bound by time. Jesus is not. And when Jesus says, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. He's offering us life here. He's offering us life forever. And that comes when we confess Jesus as the Son of God. The moment we confess Christ, we repent of our sins, we're baptized into him, the Bible says that's when eternal life begins. A lot of times we think eternal life begins when we die. Mm -mm. If you believe in scripture, scripture says that if you die in Christ, you, never, you don't really truly die, right? And so you just transition from one place to another. If you are in Christ, eternal life begins the moment you are obedient to what he says you need to do to be saved. And then your eternal life begins at that moment. And then your life needs to be marked by this, this deep relationship with God to do the best that you can where you can just live out his purposes and experience his grace and experience his mercy and experience his peace in a way that's beyond human comprehension. Because when we start to live our lives that way, that's when other people start to take notice and they see the light not just shining on us, but shining through us. We are not just recipients of God's love, but we are to actively participate in his divine plan and allow the Holy Spirit of God, the light of the world, to shine through us. We're called to be that light. We are called to reflect the grace and the love and the mercy of Jesus. You see, here's the thing we need to understand. The promise of eternal life, it's not just about a destination. It's also about the journey. It's also about how we live out his purposes in this life, being guided by the light of Jesus. In his own words, Jesus said, if you try to hang on to your life, this is Matthew 16, 25. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. 
Are you ready to lose your life for him? We were talking this morning in, in my uh, pastries with the preacher class about how the early church was persecuted and how it spread, but they were willing to give their lives. Now, we're probably not going to experience that, but we may. I can't guarantee that. It's probably more likely now than it used to be a few years ago in this country. But are you willing to lay down those things that you think are so important? Are you willing to lay down your purposes in your life and surrender them to Jesus? Are you ready to just step out of that dominion of darkness that you've been living in and into the kingdom of light? Jesus, in his own words, said, I'm the light of the world. Last week we heard him say, I'm the bread of life. So he's not only the provision and the sustenance of life, he's the path through it. He's the trail. He's the road. Jesus said, I'm the way. And for those of you who have been wandering, those of you who have been stumbling in the darkness, thinking there's got to be a better way, there's got to be more to this life, may I offer you this? Jesus is the way. I don't know if there's any Mandalorian fans out there. Anybody Mandalorian fans? Anybody watch that? Me and Paul? Okay, good. There's a saying in there where it's like, where, where they're talking about, you know, whatever it might be, and they're trying to discuss something. When they come to the conclusion, this is the way it is, they say, this is the way. Jesus is saying to us, this, this is, I'm the way, this is it, this is the way. This is the way to experience life to its fullest. This is the way to experience life beyond. And then there are others who need to hear this. As our worship team comes this morning, let me share with you this passage of Scripture where Jesus says to us through the Sermon on the Mount a couple thousand years ago, you are the light of the world. He's saying this to believers. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. We're to reflect the light of Christ to others. We're to say, where can I show the love of Jesus? I'd love for you to make that a goal for you this week. To maybe ask yourself, what can I do today? What can I do tomorrow? What can I do the rest of the week to show the love of others? Or the love of Jesus to others? You know, when you go to a doctor, the doctor needs to give a proper diagnosis so that the right treatment can be given to help you. Do you understand what your prognosis is today? What's your diagnosis today? And what's the prognosis if you don't change it? Well, I think the Bible says your diagnosis is you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. You're in need of a Savior. And until you realize that, not much is going to change for you in this life. But if you correct the problem, if you see the problem, you diagnose it and you correct it, then there's hope. There's hope for complete healing and restoration in your life. 
And it's only through Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to the light of Christ, we encourage you to come. If you're here today and you've already done that, but you've just been kind of stumbling around and you've stubbed your toe a few times and you've been living in your own way instead of following the path that Jesus has lit for you, would you repent of that today? Maybe confess some things to Him that need to be confessed. Bring some of that junk out into the light so that He can deal with it. Whatever your need is today, I encourage you to come. Let's, let's pray together.